The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. Amen. Today, by the grace of God, we, um, we are starting a new series titled, Thus says the Lord. Thus says the Lord. Thus says the Lord. We are really, really, really passionate and and excited, you know, about it, and um, and hearing the voice of God. I mean, that is just um, uh, a very humbling statement, you know, hearing the voice of God. One of the most abused statement, you know, that I've come across as a, as a Christian, as a person, even, even before being a Christian, is God told me to do this. God told me, you know, to do this. You know, and it's, it's very dangerous to, to say, to make such a, a bold claim, God told me to do A, or God told me to go to B, location B. It is, it is one of the most misunderstood statements. And it can be extremely manipulative. It's one of the most manipulative statements. God said. You know, in fact, when someone comes to me as a pastor and, and says to me, God said I should do A. You know, how do you counsel such a person? You cannot counsel against the counsel of God. So if someone comes to me and says, oh, pastor... God has said I should um, move my family to this location. I, I just say, well, God go with you. Many times, I kid you not, many times I know in my spirit that it's a bad move. And, but because they've said, God said, what can you say? I'm not in the counsel of God. When God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit are making the decision... Was I there? No. So it, it just shuts down the relationship. And, uh, sorry, the, the discussion, at least from my end. And a lot of stupid decisions have been blamed on God. A lot of stupid decisions have been blamed on God. Also, personally, in retrospect, I've made some very foolish decisions that I thought it was God, and it was not God. I have my own scars. Praise the name of the Lord. You will notice that I hardly say God said. Have you noticed? I just say there's someone here. <laughs> oh, I, 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 I feel you, this is what... You see, I'm very wary of people that, think, that always put up an image that they hear God clearly 24 hours a day all the time. I, I'm very scared of such people. Because in my experience, it's, it's, it's not a straight line with God... Because sometimes God hides himself. Then you have to find him out. Even as a pastor, I say to you, many times, I have to, the things I'm going to teach you today will change your life. I mean, this series, I'm going to, I'm going to teach you. And, and when I speak on behalf of God, by the grace of God, now is more accurate. Why? Because I went through the journey of God breaking my, le- my limb, as it were. I was limping on one leg because of assuming God has said when he has not said. So today, God is going to um, help us to, to understand this, what he has in mind for us. I can't count the number of people that have said to me, or ladies that have come to me, Pastor, this man said, God said you are my wife. But I don't like him. I'm confused. I said, why are you confused? Are you not a child of God? He says, yes. I said, hey, go and pray now. Your father will tell you. God is not the author of, of confusion. So, and, and people even go to the extent of threatening. There's a lady, some guy said, you want to disobey God? 
God has said, you are my wife. You are trying to be rebellious. <laughs> and she came. And I said, look, I can tell you of a fact. Don't seize the Lord. That's not your husband. <laughs> I can't tell you the number of times I'm telling you that people have come to me. By God's grace, I hear God. The number of times people have come to me and have said, God told me to tell you A, B, C, D, E. And as they are speaking, God is telling me, don't mind him. In fact, there was one, this guy, solid Christian, I really respect him. He's gone on a dry fast. He's gone to pray. And he came to my house. It was my living room. And he said to me, God said, this, this, this. We're talking about some project. And I was like, okay. Because I really respect him. I was like, okay, you know what? Let me get back to you on this. And I checked with God. And God's hands are not even in it at all. And I was scared. Because if you can't hear God for yourself, people will attempt to lead you in their own direction. It is important that you hear God for yourself. Now, this story I'm telling you, I was a pastor. He was also a pastor. But God has nothing to do with it. Praise the Lord. Now, what I'm starting like this is because I'm sure we all have our stories of, of counterfeit, thus says the Lord. I have my story of counterfeit, thus says the Lord. Let me see your hands up. Okay, okay, okay. That's, that's a lot of people, you know. So, I'm starting from there because, you know, the existence of, of counterfeit is actually proof of the original. If there's a fake car, there's an original car. If there's a fake mobile phone, there's a fake iPhone, it, 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 it actually proves that there's an original iPhone. Have you, who has seen a fake um, 5,000 Naira notes before? Fake 5,000. 5,000. Ah, you didn't hear me well, though. Okay, he's put down his hand. You know body has seen a fake 5,000 Naira note. You know why there's no fake 5,000 Naira? Because there is no original. The day CBN begins to print original 5,000 naira, what will happen? They will be fake. So if you can find fake in the market, it's proof that original exists. If people are fake at prophesying, at hearing God, if there are fakes, thus says the Lord, it means there is what? The original. You will Come in contact with the original today in the mighty name of Jesus. So, God, the most high God, wants to talk directly to you. That's one of the thoughts we need to wrap our minds around. God wants to talk to you directly. God wants to talk to you directly. In Hebrews 1, Hebrews 1, 1 and 2, Hebrews 1, 1 and 2, now the word of God says that long ago, God spoke many times and in many ways, to our ancestors through what? Through the prophets. And now in these final days, he has spoken to us through his son. So God, in, 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 in diverse ways and diverse manners, in time past, in the Old Testament, spoke to our father, the fathers or to the people that he wanted to reach through the prophets. 
So if you want to hear from God, you must have a relationship with a prophet. Back in the day. In the Old Testament. But today, God is saying, if you want to hear from God, you must have a relationship with his son. Jesus. So, if you want to have a relationship, if you want to, before now, if you want to hear from God, you must have a relationship with the prophet. But now, if you want to hear from God, do you need a relationship with the prophet? Primarily to hear from God, you do not need a relationship with a prophet. So, now, all you need is a relationship with Jesus to hear from God. And that is just beautiful. So, Pastor, what you are saying to me is that I, by myself, can pray about a matter and, and hear God's mind concerning that matter. Yes. What you are saying is that I don't need to go and meet Prophet Lagbaja to, to, to pray. No. You mean I can sit with God and God will show me my future? Yes. If he wants to. You mean I don't need to run from pillar to post to hear God's voice? Why? Then what you are saying is Jesus' death for you is irrelevant. Now, Pastor, are you saying that there are no prophets, original prophets? Of course there are. Of course. But you see, their function changed when Jesus came. A prophet today comes to tell you something that is totally God. You're a child of God. God has never told you before. It's, it can happen, no? but it's it's 1% of the time. Maybe you are dull of hearing. Take it to the bank. 90% of the time, 99% of the time, God has spoken to you already about the issue. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, I, I, I'm slowing down deliberately because I, I, I kind of feel that, you know, many of us are struggling with this, you know, and we are like, you know, it's, it's really messing up our theology, and, you know, and we are like, okay, so I need to realign. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. And there are three reasons why you have to hear God for yourself. Three important reasons why you have to hear God for yourself. In the Bible, three important reasons you have to hear God for yourself. Three reasons why it is important to hear God for myself. Number one, it proves I am in God's family. The fact that I can hear God from, for myself proves that I am part of God's children. It proves that I am in a member of God's family. John 10, 27, John 12, 10, 27, the word of God says that my sheep recognize my voice and follow me. They recognize my voice and my sheep. So hearing God for myself is proof that I am his sheep. Hearing God for myself is proof that I belong to his fold, to his family. It's proof. These are direct words of Jesus. Number two, why must I hear God for myself? Why must you hear God for myself? Number two, it protects me from mistakes. Hearing God for yourself protects you from mistakes. Proverbs 3, 7. Proverbs 3, 7. It says, listen for God's voice in everything you do and everywhere you go. Is the one who will keep you on track. God is the one that will keep you on track. 
If you are going to be great in God, in, as a child of God in this world, you have to hear God by yourself. You cannot even depend on your father, biological father. You cannot even depend on your mother. Sometimes you are in a meeting and a huge decision needs to be made. What do you say? Do you say, wait, let me call my prophet? I mean, it just sounds ridiculous. What do you say? You engage the spirit of God and you make an accurate decision because God will guide you accurately. Praise the name of the Lord. So, three reasons why I must hear God for myself. Number one, it what? It proves I'm God's child. Number two, it protects me from mistakes. Number three, it produces personal success. It produces personal success. Um, um, Psalm 32 verse 8, Psalm 32 verse 8, the word of God says that we, I will guide you along the best path for your life. There are many paths for your life. There are many paths. But God says, I will guide you along the what? The best one. The best one. I will advise you and watch over you. It produces personal success. So, if you are not a child of God, of course, that's immediately you put yourself in the wrong place. If you're a child of God, you have the spirit of God in you. You have the equipment to hear from God. You have all that you need to hear from God. You're saying, but pastor, I'm a child of God. I know I'm a child of God. I can't hear from God. Today, your spiritual ears will be opened in Jesus' name. I can't hear from God consistently. How do you hear from God consistently? So, you have all it takes. You have the equipment. It's like you have a radio. Very expensive radio. And you open it out of the box. It's brand new. And you plug it. Will it immediately get your favorite radio channel station? It it shouldn't. If it does, then you should return that radio. (laughs) So what you do is you tune the radio, right? You tune it. You get shh, shh, shh. In those days, it's a knob. I know now it's auto preset stations, that, 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 that. but that still needs to be searched. But think back. You have to tune and tune and tune. And when you get the right station, it's clear. Sometimes you get the right station, it's not clear. See, it has some noise, right? It's the same thing. Even if you have the best radio available, if your radio is not tuned to the right frequency, you will not hear the broadcast correctly. You will not. So, your, your radio has to be tuned to the right frequency. So, today, we're going to be looking at how do I tune to the right frequency? How do I tune to God's frequency? How do I remain in God's frequency? But before we engage that, one major thing you need that will drive you to tune to God's frequency is hunger. It's hunger. You must be hungry for his voice. You must, be, you must be desperate to hear God's voice. If, if I tell you, oh, you do A, you do B, you do C, you do E, then you, that's how to tune. It won't make any difference. If you don't want to tune, if you, are not, if you don't want to hear his voice, if you are not hungry for his voice, and there's this scripture that, that birthed the hunger to tune to God's word, God's voice in me. Years ago, about 20 years ago, I stumbled over the scripture and it changed my life. It, I was hungry for God's word. It looks like a regular scripture, but it was as if the Holy Spirit took this scripture and fired me up. Luke 3, from verse 1. That's the scripture. Look three from, from verse 1. It says that now in the 15th year of the reign 
of Tiberius Caesar, Pontius Pilate being governor of Judea, Herod being tetrarch of Galilee, his brother Philip, tetrarch of Ituria, and the region of Traconitis and Lysenius, Lysenius, tetrarch of Abilene. You know, the point is this. When you begin to read this kind of scripture, you want to skip it, right? I know that Philip. Even now you say, oh, Pastor, what what is it this for now? (laughs) Let's go. (laughs) You know. But just stay with me. Lysanias, tetrarch of Abilene. Verse 2. While Annas and Siaphas were high priests. Now, hear this. The word of God was with John, the son of Zechariah in the wilderness. It hit me like a thunderbolt. This one was the president of the region. This one was uh, Pontius Pilate. He was in charge of the, of the city. Let's, let's look at it. This person was the president of the country. This person is the governor. These are the local government chairmen. And in the church, this, these two people are the high priests. Yet, the word of God was with John the Baptist. And I read it again. The president didn't have the word. The governors didn't have the word. The local government chairman didn't have the word. Even the high priest in, in the temple don't have the word. And John was in the wilderness and the word of God located him. That day, I made up my mind. I'm not interested in titles. I'm not. The only thing I'm interested in is the voice of God. You see this thing? Positions and titles are irrelevant. If you see Christians that are justly for positions, they are trying to position themselves for titles, they don't have the word of God. They don't even know where they are. Why? Because if you have the word of God, the word of God will locate you. If you can tune in, you, you want to go to, so it, it, it brought it, that, that burden to, to want to hear the voice of God. I, I really doesn't matter if I'm the head of the department. It is relevant. It is relevant, my position. It is, I happen to be the pastor, but really it's irrelevant. It's irrelevant, my position. If I can only hear the voice of God, what is God saying? So God skips. The president, skip the governors, skip the local government chairman, even skip the, 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 the church leaders. I found John. And I couldn't, re- I have not recovered from this scripture. So God is broadcasting. Are you tuned in? It was only John that was tuned in. God is broadcasting. Jesus is saying in John 8, 8, John 8, 8, Jesus says something that's very, very, very powerful. He says, whosoever has ears to hear, let him what? Let me put it this way. Whosoever has a radio to receive, let him tune. Whosoever has ears to, it's one thing to have ears to hear and not hear. It's one thing to, to be equipped with everything to hear God consistently and not still hear. And not still tune in. Jesus is saying, if you have an ear, use it. Yeah. You need to be hungry to hear. You need to want to hear. And in the parable of the sower, we're going to spend a lot of time in the parable of the sower. The parable of the sower, the sower went around Scattering seed. That was what the Bible says. So the sower, the seed is the word of God. It's the voice of God. It's the word of God. So the sower was scattering seed. So the sower was broadcasting the word. The word of God is broadcasting. So the word of God is, is the parable of the sower. The, 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 the sower, who is Jesus in the story, who is God in the story, was scattering seed. It was broadcasting the same way, even in this place, we have... The vo- different voices are in this atmosphere. All you need is the right radio to tune in. 
There are different voices. So God is broadcasting. So if we can look at the parable of the sower and see how the different soils interacted with the broadcast, we can learn how to tune in. Because the, the, the sower went around broadcasting his seed. He was scattering his seed. And some soil, the, the four different types of soils, tuned in in four different kinds of ways. And it shows us how to tune in to hear the voice of God. So number one, to tune in to God's voice from the parable of the sower, you can read the parable of the sower in that same John 8. I encourage you to read the whole of um, um, John 8, Luke 8 also. To tune in to God, to the voice of God, there's, there's, in this atmosphere, there's, in this place we are sitting in, there's BBC, do you know that? There's Voice of America, you know that? There's Brilla, there's Echo FM, there's, they are all present here. And there's also the voice of God. So to tune in to the voice of God, number one, I must cultivate an open mind. I must cultivate an open mind. I talked about this earlier. I must want to hear from God. I must be eager to hear from God. I must be hungry to hear from God. I must be receptive to hear from God. One reason a lot of us I've never heard from God is because our minds have never been open to that possibility. One reason a lot of people have not heard from God is that they don't even believe God wants to talk to them. They're not even open to the fact that they can actually hear from God. I mean, some people just think, oh, that is the exclusive preserve of the pastors. Is that not the job of the pastors? Let them be hearing from God and let them come and be telling us. No, 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 no. Jesus came for every one of us to hear from him. So many times we foreclose that we are not supposed to. And we close our minds. In Luke 8, verse 5, the NIV, Luke 8, 5, the word of God says, A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled on. And the birds of the air ate it up. The interpretation of that in verse 12, NIV, it says, those along the pathway, the footpath, are the ones who hear, and then the devil comes along and takes away the word from their hearts. So they cannot believe what they have heard. They cannot believe and be saved. So, a hardened heart, a hardened soil, a hardened path is a closed mind. The, 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 the soil is hardened. And what makes the soil hardened? You know, in every farm, there's a pathway that the, the farmer passes and all the laborers walk through. And because they are walking on the same path, same path, um, can you put up the graphic? They are walking on the same path, same path every time. That passage becomes hardened. That is what the Bible refers to as the what? The pathway. So when a farmer is scattering seed, some seed will inevitably fall on those hard places. They become food for birds. Because the ground is hard, it has become compacted. The seed cannot germinate. Praise the name of the Lord. And if you apply that to, to, to the human being, the mind is closed. The mind is closed. The footpaths are hard and narrow. Can you see? They are hard and narrow. Do you know anyone whose mind is narrow and hard? 
Do you know anyone that when, you, when they hear the word of God, they are so narrow-minded. They can't even see what God is saying. Their mind is so closed and hard. They can't even embrace what God is saying. Because many times, we never even give God a chance to talk. We are closed. Our minds are closed. Our hearts are hardened. We are unwilling to listen. We are willing to listen. And if you are unwilling to listen, you are hardened, you cannot tune to God. You cannot tune to God. There are three main things that causes a mental block, that, that causes us to, not, to be mentally blocked and not tuned to God. Three main things. Number one is pride. Pride is a major mental block. We say, we don't need God's help. Why do we need God's help? You know, in, in, in certain people say, well, why do I need God? I can take care of myself. I can provide my water, provide my food, take care of my children. Who needs God? Sometimes we don't say it like that. But that is what we are saying sometimes with our actions. You have food in front of you. You don't even want to pray. You just want to eat it. Who needs God? You know, just like a, a little boy that every time the mother always says, let us pray. And the, the food, the aroma of the food is just entering. You know how it is. You're on the table. You want to eat. Aroma is entering your nose. And let us pray. That prayer that will last for one, two minutes is like 20 minutes. Because like touch off to the little boy. So one day the mother came from the market, had the rice, the beans, the gari, the pepper, everything out of the booth. And when they got to the kitchen, the boy said to the mother, Mom, let's pray over this thing once and for all. <laughs> once we are prayed for it, don't disturb us again. Every time, let us pray, let us pray. Sometimes we feel we don't need God. It's pride. Secondly, what the, the, the second mental block that we have as human beings is fear. Sometimes we are just fearful. Sometimes we are afraid of what God might say. I don't know what you will say now. Maybe God is going to make me a fanatic. Maybe God is going to say I should go to Afghanistan or Iraq. To go and preach the gospel. Maybe God will say, I should, you know. But if you know that everything God says to you is for your good. Every word of God to you is for your good. I mean, um, the testimony that was shared today, the man said, Someone gave, her, gave him a car. God must have spoken to the person to give the man a car. Now, the person that obeyed God and gave somebody else a car, as the person comes short, from a physical dimension, you would think the person has come short. You know what he was saying? I was just smiling. You know what I was smiling? Because God has taken me through that path before. I mean, Give someone your car. But I've also seen what comes after that. You cannot obey God and come out short. It's impossible. Praise the name of the Lord. So sometimes we are afraid. We don't want to, we don't want to, hey God, what will this be? Maybe God will just say, I should go and empty my account now and just give somebody. And you don't want to empty your account then you don't want to hear God. And that becomes a problem. Because God may not even be interested in that. He may not be interested in that. I have stories upon stories upon stories I can tell you of my personal life that I've been, I've been afraid to hear God. Only to now hear God and hear that he was not even interested in that. Why are you afraid? 
it's because you don't know God. When you begin to know God, you begin to trust God. And when you begin to trust God, fear flies out of the window. Because if you trust God, if you are standing on the edge and God says to Peter, come, walk on water. Because Peter knew Jesus and trusted Jesus. He stepped on the water. So you need to let all fear that you are having, all the fears you are having, you need to let them go and embrace God. The third reason why we, we, we had in our hearts is bitterness. Bitterness. Why did this happen? Why did that happen? Why did God let this happen? We shut our hearts to God. If God really loves me, how come maybe see this is happening? Why am I the only one that goes through this? I'm the only one in the world that has this problem. <laughs> no, you are not. Oh, Pastor, but my own is special. Because your blessings are special. And we, it hardens our heart. I, I, when, when, we in, um, when I was in university, I had a roommate that, long story short, we were both in sin together. But this guy was a, was a more superior sinner. <laughs> I don't know if there's anything like that. <laughs> in, the, in my final year, I got saved. We were roommates, I think, in year three or something. So I, I bumped into him, one of the halls in, in Unilag, my final year after I'd gotten saved. And I was preaching to him. Jesus. I was saying to him, listen, those things we used to do. And I was, you know, I was passionate. I was passionate. And he said to me, Femo, never. I am not going to follow Jesus. I'm like, why? I started crying. He said his mother, what, his mother, he says, if, if they say that there's a they are fake Christians. He knows one true Christian, and that was his mother. This, I live with this man. This woman loved God, gave her all for God. He said I was at her bedside when she was dying. He says, I said to God, I know I'm a bad boy, but this is a good woman. Okay, you know what? If you save her, I will serve you. And the mother died in his hands. And he said to me, Never. Not going to serve this God. He's not faithful. He's a liar. I was going on and on and on. So that day ended like that. He didn't give his life to Jesus. But years after, I saw him coming out of a church. He was sweating. He was worshiping Jesus. He was born again. I said, Shoka, you're born again. He said, I'm born again. <laughs> my, my point is this. Because of the pain, because of the hurt, he hardened his heart. He couldn't hear God. He hardened his heart. I don't know what has happened in your life that you are making it to be a wedge between you and God. Sometimes it could be you lost, you lost a loved one, like my friend, or you, it could be you, you, God has disappointed you, quote and unquote, in certain areas. Or you are, you've gone through abuse. It could be physical. It could be emotional. Sometimes it's even the church that has let you down. You've been to several churches, hopefully not God's favorite house. <laughs> even it could be God's favorite house. But the fact is that pain is a part of the world. It's a part of the world we are in. I'm sorry for your heart. But don't turn away from God. Instead, turn to God. Never allow what one person does to you or what an, you have an experience to create a wedge between you and God. Don't allow it. Don't allow it. So number one, if I want to be tuned to God, I must what? Come on. 
I must cultivate an open mind. Number two, if I want to be tuned to God, I must create time to listen. I must create time to listen. I must cultivate an open mind, then I must create time to listen. I must slow down and make time to be quiet so I can hear God speak. Hurry is a major hindrance to hearing God. Hurry is a major hindrance to hearing God. You need to slow down. You see, unfortunately, you know, we are in the microwave. In fact, we've gone beyond microwave. We are in the post-microwave era. When the microwave is even too slow. Have you? Have you? You know some people? They stand in front of the microwave. <laughs> if the microwave beats you will have cooked for three hours. The microwave is delivering to you in eight minutes. And you're angry. So, invariably, we bring this into our relationship with God. We say to God, speak, but be quick. Can you be quick? I need, I need the answer. Now, and it hinders us. You have to create time. I say, create time. You have to create time. Why? Because if you don't create time, the result is that you, you have a superficial life. You have a shallow life if you don't create time. And that's what we see, the second kind of soil in Luke 8, verse 6. Luke 8, 6. It says, other seed fell on shallow soil with underlining rock. The seed began to grow. But as soon, but soon rather, it withered and died for lack of moisture. It died for lack of moisture. The Explanation of this um, is the rocky soil represents those who hear the message with joy. But like a young plant in such soil, their roots don't go very deep. They believe for a while, but they wilt when hot winds, ever say hot winds, when hot winds of testing blow. So, a shallow soil is a superficial mind. You, you, you see someone, you know, after service, um, you, you, be, you were out of town and you didn't have internet in the village you went to. So you couldn't join service. So you, so you see the person and you say, how was service? And the person says, oh, service was powerful. Have you heard that before? Service was powerful. They say, okay, what, what did the pastor talk about? But it was powerful. <laughs> what did he talk about? I, I think it was something to do with, but it was very powerful. You need to get the CD. <laughs> what has happened is that no roots. The person heard it excited, but no roots. But that will not be your portion in Jesus' name. Did Jesus really say that? We looked at seven things, right? What are they? They were one, two, three, four, six, five, seven. Let's start for ourselves. You try, you try. You pulled it out. Okay, okay. Victory series. 12 strategies for spiritual warfare. One, objective. Two, offensive. Three, mass. Four, uh, yeah. Five, intelligence. Six, security. Seven, fantastic. Well, I'm proud of you guys. Thank God for you guys. Let's start for ourselves. But the truth is that in many places, it's gone. 
is God. And which is why on tribe, we say people should write things down. You need to make out time to let it sink. Take out time to be with God. It takes more than enthusiasm. It takes commitment. Block out time. In the journey, the second trip of the journey, trip 201 particularly, and 202 also, we, we talked about how to spend time with God. How to go deeper with God. If you've not done the journey, you need to do it. There's no, there's no substitute for it. You have to spend time with God. Praise the Lord. So, to tune into God's voice, number one, I must cultivate an open mind. Number two, I must, I must create time to listen. Create time to listen. I can't overemphasize that. Number three, I must eliminate distractions. I must eliminate distractions. Sometimes we've created time, then our phones are ringing, then we remember an email we are supposed to reply, then we remember that, oh, there's food on the fire, then we remember that, oh, the, the, at the end of the day, the time is gone. Eliminate distraction. So we miss hearing God when our minds are crowded with Thoughts of concerns, of plans. These are legitimate things. But you see, you have to learn to leave your phone out. Close your computer. And in my own case, many times I take a walk. I just take a walk. No distraction. Many times I lock the the room. No distraction. No distraction. Sometimes we are busy, busy, busy. We are too busy. Imagine you are trying to call someone. Maybe you are married. You are trying to call your wife. And the line is busy, busy, busy. You are trying to call your husband. The line is busy, 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 busy. You call from morning till night. It's busy. Sometimes that's how we are with God. God is trying to talk to us, trying to call us, trying to reach us. Line busy, line busy, line busy. The caller, the person you have called is on another line. Please call back later. <laughs> or the ones that are nice, you could drop uh, a voicemail at regular call charges. And God now decides to drop a voicemail. I've been trying to call this guy or this lady. Busy, busy, busy. God decided to drop a voicemail. So he waited on the line. Press one to drop a voice mail. God presses one and he says, mailbox is full. <laughs> so God can't even drop a voice mail for you. That's not a good place to be. You have to get rid of this. Why are we so busy? In fact, sometimes I think we don't even, we are not even, we can't even have a Quiet moment. We are never. You can't even have a quiet moment. At a quiet moment, you just want to quickly, you enter your car, everywhere is quiet. It's as if God just wants to speak. You put on the radio. They're just saying crap. You're just noise. You just want to hear noise. We are so used to noise. You lie down. You want to sleep. You want to sleep. Be quiet. Let your spirit meditate with God. You put on the TV. Let the noise just, you know. God is saying, eliminate distractions. Luke 8, 7. Luke 8, 7. It says, other seed fell in the weeds. And the weeds grew. With it and strangled it. That's the wrong scripture, forgot. And strangled it. 
when Jesus was explaining, he says, the seed that fell among the weeds stands for those that hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasure, and they don't mature. So the soil with weeds is a preoccupied mind. A mind that is preoccupied cannot tune in to God. So you need to ask yourself, what's preoccupying my mind? A weed. What's a weed? A weed is anything. I let rob my time with God. That's a weed. Anything. Anything that rubs my time with God is a weed. I've told you my story before of there was a time my game console became a weed. The time I was supposed to spend with God, I've been playing, I want to get to Division 3. Just one more point. I'm playing, I'm playing, I'm playing. Then they beat me. Then I have to play whole season. I mean, it's just a weed. In real life, question is, I think some people were happy the aces were off. <laughs> okay, guys, I think we should do that. Let somebody get the message. <laughs> because I could see relief. That's if they be praying for their part to strike. At the stroke, but generator kicked in. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the question is how much effort does a farmer take for weeds to grow? None. The farmer takes, makes no effort for the weed to grow. A weed, when you see weeds, weeds are signs of neglect. When you neglect your work with God, weeds grow in your life. When, you, when, you, when, you, when I neglect my work with God, weeds grow like that. And God wants to speak to you. And God's voice is not thunderous. God is not going to shout at you. God is not going to, God wants to talk to you. In fact, there's a prophet in, in, in the Bible. If you read 1 Kings 19, 11, the word of God says from 11, it says that Elijah wanted to hear from God. And there was a sound, a mighty sound, and God was not in the sound. And there was an earthquake. God, he went there. Is God, God was not in the earthquake. Then there was fire. Oh, says, oh, God must be in the fire. And he bent in. Guess what? God was not in the fire. Then the Bible says there was a gentle whisper. Ooh. And God was in the gentle whisper. You see, many times, we are not tuned in. We are too crowded to hear God's gentle whisper. Today, I believe God wants you to slow down so that you can hear his gentle whisper. But if I don't get rid of distractions, I won't hear God's gentle whisper. It's so, 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 so important. Finally, number four. So number one, for me to tune into God, I must... Number two, I must create time. Number three, I must eliminate distraction. Number four, for me to be tuned into God, I must cooperate with what God says. I must cooperate with what God says. God speaks. I mean, if please get this. This is so powerful. God speaks to people who decide in advance to do whatever he says. God will always speak to people who decide in advance to do whatever he says. And that's where you should position yourself. 
It's, it's, it's like you are, positioned, you are positioning yourself to hear from God. There's, there's a story that when, when I'm teaching people a class on hearing from God, there's a story I always use. If you've gone through NCR, you, you probably have been taught with that story. This is the story in 1 Samuel chapter 3. There was, a, there was a, an old prophet called Eli, and there was a, young, a small boy called Samuel. And Samuel was, was sleeping, and, and he heard the voice of Eli. That is not what we're going to talk about. He actually heard the voice of Eli. But that's not where we're going. And he came to Eli and said to, I said to, to Eli, here I am. And Eli says, I didn't call you. Go and sleep, boy. And he went back to sleep. And he heard the voice of Eli. Okay, maybe I should just explain that a little bit. Sometimes, God speaks to you through the voice of your spiritual father. Sometimes you just hear the voice of pastor. Have you heard, have you heard that before? What happens is just hear, just hear my voice. Why are you doing that? Yeah. <laughs> Many people have come to me and they say that they had a dream. They say it's not me you saw. It's God that is trying to pass a person to you. But God will use the voice of... Anyway, that is... Maybe as we go deeper into this, I'm going to unpack that more. He heard the voice of Eli. Sure, he went to Eli. Baba, you called me. Baba says, boy, I didn't call you. Go back to sleep. And he went to sleep. He heard Baba's voice the third time. If it was not his voice, he was hearing. Would he have gone back? So he went to Eli. Ah, Eli said, have you taken Professor 101? He said, no, sir. Oh, that's why. Okay. So Eli took him through Professor 101. What you are? You are a Professor 101. <laughs> and say, the next time he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant. Hear it. That's the key. Speak, for I am willing to obey. Your servant, servant, you know, that culture, you take a position of servant. A servant is always willing to obey the master. You have to put yourself in a position where you are willing to obey God. I mean, the reason a lot of people don't even hear God because God knows that you will do what you want to do. Honestly, sometimes folks come to me and say, Pastor, what is this? And the Holy Spirit said to me, don't say anything. No. They will not listen to you. It's what you want to do that they will do. I'll smile. I said, ah, something but earlier on in my pastoral life, I will argue with God. Ah, but this person looks very serious. But you know what I've discovered? Those kind of people, they will still do what they want. You just want to hear what you have to say. They're not interested in listening. So taking that position is so powerful. What is God saying? Someone says, oh, we want to relocate. I said, I'm not saying you should relocate. You should not relocate. But what is God saying? I say, oh, I want to open this business. I want to open this business. I'm not saying you should not open this business. What is God saying? But if you take that position of obedience before asking, God will always speak to you. That is, you've made room for God. You've created time. You've eliminated distractions. And you take this position. God will always, always speak to you. In Luke 18, 15, it says, The seed that fell on the good soil stands for those who hear the message and retain it in a good and obedient heart. And they persist until they bear fruit. The good soil is a willing mind. Willing mind. Willing mind. Verse 15, the Living Bible says, they listen to God's word and they cling to them and steadily spread them. So they're so willing, they propagate. So if we were to run a spiritual brain scan on your brain, on your spirit man, what would we see? Would we see a closed mind? 
or a superficial, shallow mind, or a preoccupied mind, or would we see a willing, open mind? Let's bow our hearts as we bow our heads. What will it, what will we say? I want you to just breathe. Take your time. It's Saturday night. There's no hurry. Where you where we're hurrying to? Breathe. Take your time. Take your time. Lean in. Has my mind been closed? Has my mind been superficial and shallow or preoccupied? Maybe I can't even say I am part of God's sheep. I'm, I'm, I'm in the kingdom of God. I can't even say that. I want to pray with you today. Pastor, I want to be a member of this family of God. So that Jesus can come in his sheep. So I can hear his voice and follow him. Pray with me, Pastor. I want to pray with you wherever you are. If that is you, wherever you are seated, you don't need to come forward. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to rededicate it. I used to be born again, but I'm far gone now. I want to rededicate my life to Jesus. Put up your hand now over your head. I will pray together wherever you are sitting. That is me. If you put up your hand, put up your hand well over your head. I will pray. I will pray together. While that is going on, put it up, put it up. Yeah, not on your head. Just slip it up over your head, over your head, over your head. God bless you. Yeah, God bless you right there. God bless you. That's you. God bless you. Who else? That is me. God bless you. God bless you. Keep your hands up. Once you have the card, you can put down that hand. That is me. That is all. Just put up that hand. Pastor, pray with me. Pray with me. That is me. That is me. I want you to say to God, Lord, my mind is open to you today. I refuse for my mind to be preoccupied. Speak to me, Holy Spirit of the living God. Speak to me, Lord. Concerning this issue, I don't know if you have any issue. Speak to God. Speak to God. Talk to God, talk to God.
you for a renewed commitment to listen for your voice that you are birthing in every heart in this place. We thank you for those that give their lives to you. We ask that you cleanse them and make them all that you have created them to be. Father, the grace to hear you clearly give unto us all. Honor and glory we give unto you. In Jesus' mighty name, we are praying. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord.